The more you're there and you're present and you're building and nurturing relationships, it won't feel like I need to go out and win business. It will feel more organic. Welcome back to Duo On Air. I'm Abby. And I'm Courtney. And we're the ex-agency turned entrepreneurial team that puts the Duo and Duo Collective. Our boutique organic marketing agency specializes in SEO, social media strategy, and brand. We're an everyday pair of business besties slash marketing experts obsessed with helping our community learn more about what it takes to run a business. Which is why on Duo On Air, we're not holding anything back. We're giving you all the info we know about how to grow your business organically so you can be the confident CEO you were made to be. And how to navigate life as a small business owner. Whether it's on your own or with your best friend by your side. So grab your coffee or your mimosa, we don't judge, and settle in for a quick value-packed episode of Marketing Tips. Welcome back to the Duo On Air podcast. This is episode number 86, and today we're chatting with Melissa from Waverly Ave Consulting. You know how we love to break down some good old industry jargon, so what better way than to tackle the world of business development with an expert? What I loved so much about this episode was Melissa's simple and fun ways to incorporate business development strategies into your business. Things like scavenger hunts and bingo, which I bet you didn't think I'd say that. And who said that growing our business had to be boring? Let's bring some of the fun back and let's start right here with this episode. Hello, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining us on the Duo On Air podcast. Hey, Abby. Thanks for having me. I am super excited for all the things we're going to talk about today. Um, We love to break down just overall industry jargon because SEO is full of it. And also um, in like a very male dominated industry, as I'm sure you are in as well. And I think it's just going to be awesome just to dig into all of the things. And I kind of, I don't want to give away too much because I want you to kind of share more about it. So how about you? start by telling us a little bit about you and your business and kind of how it got off the ground. Yeah, I would love to. Um, So I'm a business development coach and partner to creative agency founders. Um, I also am sort of allergic to industry jargon and I hate when people use jargon and even just the way people define business development. Um, you know, I think can make it intimidating and confusing. So my whole, it says the first thing you see on my homepage of my website is making business development uncomplicated, but, um, you know, building my business definitely wasn't necessarily intentional. It was, I call it a sort of happy accident. Um, I spent most of my career working agency side as a business development professional and, um, was very, uh, ambitious early on straight out of school. I was someone who constantly set new mile markers for myself. Um, not really even knowing why I wanted to hit them. Um, and I, I wasn't really kind of checking in with myself in terms of what made me happy or fulfilled. I was really focused on climbing the corporate ladder. Um, and it took me, you know, almost 13 years to realize that, you know, what I was doing wasn't something I loved anymore. I had pieces of it that I loved. I loved working with my team and I had some amazing, you know, creative, talented people I was exposed to, but the job itself wasn't working for me anymore. Um, especially pandemic. I, um, 
I was doing a job that, you know, I was on zoom for nine hours a day and it was very, became very transactional as you can imagine the head of business development for an agency during the pandemic, there's all this pressure where, you know, I felt that people's jobs were sort of in my hands. I had to bring work in for the agency. And that led me to, you know, maybe responding to RFPs that weren't the best and doing all these things. So it burned me out. Um, but you know, I'm in a much better place now. And I, I was able to kind of in a accidental journey, um, started a business consulting and then it became a, a passion and a, you know, um, something that drives me every day. And I now work with agency founders to help teach them and coach them on how to do business development and how to feel confident about it. Um, because there's a lot of messages out there that you need to outsource that you need someone else to do it for you. Um, which I don't, I just fundamentally, fundamentally don't believe in. I think, um, it's something, you know, agency founders should learn. It's empowering to know how to control and, you know, confidently grow your business and not rely on someone else to do that for you. So that's kind of, that's the short story of how I got here, but there's a whole, you know, long 13 years of, you know, going through a series of learning lessons and, um, I was never, you know, I never really had a mentor when it came to business development. There was no one in my company doing it at the time at the agency. I sort of found myself in that role in a similar happy accident way that I, that I found myself being an entrepreneur, but um, I, I had to learn a lot of things on the job, lots of failures and experimenting, but I ultimately think that made me better at what I do because I didn't have this, um, sort of guidebook of this is how you do it. It was, I had to sort of figure it out. Um, and yeah, that's kind of very much my approach today is like being very open to experimenting because something can work as you know, in your space too, something can work for a little while and then an algorithm changes or, you know, the game changes a little bit. And if you're not on your toes and adaptable in that way, um, you can just get frustrated. So it's shaped yeah. kind of the person, the way I work and the person I am for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's so many similarities in our journeys too, just from that agency landscape of being there and hustling and climbing the ladder. And like, that was everything I ever wanted. I remember coming out of college, I was like, I want to climb that ladder. I want to wear heels as I walk through the skyways yeah. and like, you know, all of that. And which for those that aren't in Minnesota, the skyways are basically like a hamster wheel when it's like freezing and snowy, cold, you just stay in the skyways and walk through the city. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> it sounds, it sounds crazier than it is. It's actually quite lovely, but, <laughs> um, so don't, that was like the dream and climbing the ladder. And then you get there and you realize that like, I don't want to be on this hamster wheel. Um, yeah. and there's so many things too, that, I think in business development is one of them as well, where it seems like it only fits in a big agency world. Yeah. And we forget about how it's so needed at the beginning stages of just even being a solo entrepreneur. Like yeah. these are fundamental things that we need to know. We just might not classify it as business development. So I'd love it if you, because I'm sure if everyone were to go and Google what is business development, we'd probably find some really fancy, fun 
descriptions that make no sense to us. So I would love it if you could just like what tell us the definition of it and how it can make sense for us as like small business owners, entrepreneurs. Yeah. So I think most people think of business development as sales, which is the last tail end of the business development process to me, but there's a whole 80% before that, which is building relationships for your business. And when I'm working with my agency founder clients, I, the first thing we do is really change their relationship with business development, because I find there's a lot of resistance or they want it to be a certain thing. Like, you know, it's referrals. I just want referrals coming to me all the time. And I don't want to have to, because it's slightly vulnerable to have to put yourself out there to market yourself. Um, and I get that, but it doesn't have to be hard. If you're looking at it through the lens of I'm building relationships, strategic relationships for my business, that could become someone I hire. It could become someone we contract. It could become a collaborative a collaborative partner we bring on for a project, if you're looking at it through that lens and you enjoy the process of building new relationships for your business, it doesn't become so stressful. I think people want the sale from it. Every single interaction of business development to be a one call close. And it just doesn't work that way. Like most things in life, um, it takes time, but if you enjoy the process, it makes it so much better. Um, and if you go into it open, you'll find that opportunity, there's more opportunities there than you think. But I think a lot of us do that when we start our business, right? You're so you're fueled by this energy of like something new and you get out there and you start talking to people and things happen and you build your business, but then for whatever reason, somewhere along the way, we become afraid to go out there and talk to people and, you know, build our business and keep it growing. Um, and, you know, I think referrals are amazing, but if you're fully reliant on referrals, it will keep you in a, the same place. You know, the, the people you worked with will refer you to more people like them. And if you're looking to grow as an agency or a small business, you're going to need to work with you know, new types of clients as you go. It could be the same kind of profile. Like I work with female founders, but you can work with female founders at different stages of their, their business. Um, so I think it's important to constantly reevaluate where are we at a business, where are we at as a business? Who do we want to be working with? And how do we go about getting on their radar? How do we become visible? And, you know, it's not as, it's not just networking. I think that's a piece of it, but um, but yeah, business development to me is about relationships and you can build relationships through social media content. You can build it through blogging. You can build it through SEO. People find you, they go to your website, they get to know you. So there's so many different ways to do it. What's important is for agency founders to tap into their natural strengths and superpowers and to build a strategy around that because you can't do everything. You'll burn yourself out. You're not going to get the results you want. So for me, it's really helping first agency founders change their relationship with it. Don't look at it as selling. Don't look at it as I'm this like, you know, slick person. I have to like sell my agency. No, it's about relationships. And then it's about what are the things you're naturally good at? Are you good at writing? Are you good at speaking? Are you a social butterfly? And then whatever that is, 
capitalize on building a building a strategy around that. If you're great at writing, you can do bylines, social content. If you're great at speaking, you can go to conferences, you can do webinars. So it's it's really tapping into whatever comes natural to use. And that way it fuels your business, but it also fuels you personally as a founder, which is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's interesting because every, and we offer, we don't offer everything under the sun when it comes to marketing. And so we offer right SEO and branding. So when people come to us, it oftentimes is like my it's I've dried up like a lot of my customers, my audience, I'm not getting as much as I need to, and I need to get more. And that's one of the questions we get so often from our clients is like, okay, what's going on? Something's not feeling right. And I think it's less about how many places you show up, right? Because we think we have to be everywhere. We have to be on Instagram. We have to be blogging. We have to be starting a podcast. We have to be speaking at events. We have to be doing all of these things. And it's not humanly possible to do that. If you are a one, two, even three person team, that's really hard to show up everywhere. It's more about tapping into like what you just said, what do you like to do and where are you going to shine? And the chances are if your well is dry right now, you might be focusing on the wrong things. Right. Or you're, you know, as you said, if you're, if you're doing too many things, you might not be doing any of them well enough because you're not able to put enough time into, you know, let's say you're doing social media content, but you're posting once every two weeks, you're not going to see results from that. You have to be leaning into it and you don't have to drive yourself crazy either and post 10 times a day, but there is like, you can't be halfway in and then expect great results. And the more you're deeper in less tactics, the more you start to see where your audience resonates with you. So you may find, you know, oh my gosh, people send me personal messages on LinkedIn. They love the content I'm posting. You know that that's resonating. Okay. So I'm going to double down and spend more time on that platform. I think it's good to dabble a little bit, but still stay aligned with your strengths. Because if you're like, I personally am not super comfortable on social media on camera. So I just don't do it because I'm going to be awkward and it's not going to come across as natural. And I'm much more natural with my words. Um, so, you know, I think you have to recognize what are my strengths and where am I going to show up for my audience in the best way, as you said, where am I going to shine? Um, and then that's where people can connect with you authentically and build a relate again, back to the relationships. You're there to build a relationship. You're not there to sell. You're not there to push. You want people to make the decision that you're someone they want to work with, um, you know, in the service business it's all about relationships. People choose people they like, know, and trust. So if you're not giving them the opportunity to like, you know, you trust you through whatever medium you're using, um, you're going to have trouble converting them to clients. Um, I think there's also an anxiety we get as entrepreneurs around, I'm not getting enough. Like I, I sometimes speak to agency founders who when they tell me how many leads they're getting, I'm like, you don't need more leads, but tell me about these leads because if they're not making you feel secure, then maybe they're the wrong type of leads. Their budgets aren't big enough or um, they're not bringing hiring you for the right services. So unpacking that a little bit, but I think 
I've seen founders sometimes get into this pattern of like, it's never enough because they always have a fear that their next client isn't going to come. But, you know, again, if you're always doing business development and again, whatever tactic you lean into, you shouldn't have that feeling of insecurity because you should know people are seeing your stuff, being exposed to your stuff. They're going to find you and come to you and you, you're going to have seasonal you know, little bits of highs and lows, that's normal in any business. And I think the longer you do it, you prepare for it. But the best thing you can do instead of panicking and then, you know, looking to someone else for answers is to say like, okay, have I been doing business development over the past few months? Like these things work in cycles. So if you you haven't been doing anything, then yeah, you might have a dry well at the moment, but if you've been consistently doing it, your people are there and, you know, you just have to keep, keep at it. Um, so I think, you know, just being secure in if, if what you're doing is working, stick with it and don't necessarily more leads isn't always better. I, I don't think all revenue is treated equally. There's bad leads and you want to make sure you're getting the right leads for your business that take you forward and help you continue to grow. Oh, for sure. I think that's the natural entrepreneurship journey of feeling like there is never enough people. And in fact, there is way too many people out there. So many. We just get so nervous that, yeah, maybe that next project isn't going to come. And what if nothing, exactly. like what if the leads stop? What, like, then what am I going to do? And I think it is, it's getting comfortable with the idea that like you might hit a slower period. And yeah. I think that happens in a lot of industries. Like people hit a slow period for us when it comes to like marketing summers, usually a little bit slower because people yeah. aren't really focused on that. They're focused on more things within their family and exactly. doing things like that. And I think a lot of people have that, but it's all about staying consistent, even during the slow times because or, yeah, right. organic yeah. marketing takes time. Absolutely. Exactly. No, especially during that time. And I was talking to someone recently, um, about, you know, I've been reflecting, I, I just hit my one year anniversary of my business. And I thought about, you know, how in the beginning I had this sort of naivety about my business and was so bold and like what I went after and reaching out to people and it it paid off for me. I, I got, you know, I built my business super quick that way, but everyone, when I was starting my business was telling me, you know, look, it's a really tough market right now. We're in a recession. Agencies don't have a lot of budgets for business development. And, um, I proved them wrong. I, I, you know, built my business super quickly. So I think it's just a good reminder that you can either let that noise, um, dictate your actions and you can say, oh, it is a slow time. So I'm not going to show up right now because what's the point? Or you can say, yeah, it is slow, but despite that, I'm going to keep showing up. And I promise you those people, they, they, outperform anyone else who's just kind of sitting and waiting in the end. Um, and those are the hard times to push through because you are, you know, you think what's the point. Um, but having that sort of beginner's mindset of, okay, all these people are telling me it's not going to happen, but I'm going to go figure this out myself. There's something to that lack of, um, you know, 
I don't know if it's lack, not necessarily lack of experience, but just kind of lack of like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let that stuff stop me. And I'm just going to, going to do my thing and let's see what happens. I want to experience it myself. I want to be told that there's no work out there and nothing could have been further from the truth. There was tons of work out there, but Mm -hmm. people were not willing to go find it because they were sort of accepting the situation that was happening. So yeah. Yeah. I think when we first start our business, you have this mindset of there's nothing to lose. Like who cares if people say, no, I'm already in that spot, but you get a few years in or a few months in, or you get to a hard season and then you start thinking I have everything to lose. And your mindset is so different and it shouldn't be, it really shouldn't be because you are still, you should always have that mindset of, I am going for it. Like I'm striving to do something bigger and more, and I have nothing to lose to get to that next level. And I think that's, that's the mindset you have to have regardless of it's day one or day 501. (laughs) Cause you'll, you'll take more risks. You'll, you'll be more open to possibilities. I think you're right. The more, you know, the longer we go on, the more we feel we have to lose, but really you're not that much in a, you're not in a different position than when you get started. Like you know, if you're in the agency business and you're running on either, you know, project-based work or even retainers at any moment, you could lose all your clients and you're back at square one. So it's not that different. It's not like once you're a year in, you suddenly, you might have a little more to lose, but, um, but yeah, I think that's important to kind of just be, to look at it through a beginner's mindset and be open to experimenting and trying different things and admitting if something's not working, like maybe this got you here five years of this tactic worked, but now it's not working. Like be open to, okay, like I'm, I'm not going to like sit and, you know, lament on that. I'm going to move on. I'm going to try something different and see if that gets me a different result. And there's something really invigorating about that and just being able to try things and not feel like there's, you feel so stuck that, that I think getting people unstuck is, is something I spend a lot of my time because there's nothing when you feel stuck, you can't, you have no options. You, even if there are options, you don't see them and you just kind of, you know, you lose that confidence and swagger that you have when you, when you, when things are working and you have momentum. So I think getting unstuck is important and you know, whatever you have to do to get there, just take small actions and get that ball rolling. And then usually things start to happen and someone accepts a call and then, you know, a brand reaches out and then your, your whole perception of what's happening changes and then things happen. So, um, so I think, I think that's, that's important. Mindset is, is critical with business development. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. It's like a mindset game more than anything during those seasons of slowness is it's all about just shifting your mindset, being consistent, maintaining that confidence and whatever you're doing and finding ways to do that. Exactly. Would you say that when you are most of your clients that you work with are clients that come to you or those that you seek out, would you say they're kind of like day one founders or a lot of people in this season of like, okay, I'm a few years in and all of a sudden things are slowing down and I need help. And this is probably what I need to focus on. Yeah, it's mostly the latter. Um, I would say most of my clients are somewhere between two and seven years um, of running their agency. But I've also had a client recently that was 22 years in business. So um, 
you know, it, it ranges. And I think everyone gets stuck at different points, but a lot of the narrative that, uh, you know, I can almost write the script when I speak to these agency founders is, you know, I sort of started my agency by accident. I was a designer or a writer or a, you know, strategist and, I was freelancing, got a ton of work, started hiring people. Next thing I knew I was running an agency. I got tons of referrals. And then all of a sudden those referrals started to dry up and I now am panicking. Like, I don't know where my next, you know, where business is coming from. I don't even know how to navigate going about business development. Um, a lot of them will have tried a lot of things once like, oh, I did, you know, a blog and nothing came from it. Um, so, so it is a very similar story. I don't think, you know, the length you've been in business necessarily matters. Um, but they all, you know, there's such common, we cover, you know, such similar topics, no matter how long you've been in business, but mindset is usually the first one you know, revisiting your vision as a business. I think that's something we forget to do when you set out, usually you have a certain vision, but as your business goes on, you get clarity on, you know, I don't want to do that kind of thing, or I thought I wanted a team. And then as I started managing people, I realized I don't want to manage people. I want a smaller, more, you know, consultant based shop. Um, so I think, you know, revisiting, where you want to go and what you want to be when you grow up, what you want your business to be when it grows up. And then the implications of that, what kind of services do you want to offer? Is your pricing in line with the revenue goals you have? Um, are the way you're structuring your services in line with what clients want? And then, you know, then you can usually get back on a path of momentum. But I think sometimes, um, you know, I've noticed it's very easy for me to tell my clients where their, their issues are. But when it comes to my own business, I struggle. I'm like, okay, Melissa, like, let's go. What do you want as your vision? And it's really hard. Sometimes you need an external, you know, someone to bounce things off of, whether it be a business coach or an agency partner. Um, we all need that. And I think sometimes admitting that I just need someone I can work through this phase with, um, but I, I I strongly think that, you know, don't outsource your business to someone else and have them take on and drive your business forward. You as the founder, if you want to be a founder-led business, you want to be in control, you need to define that. You can work with people to help you get there, but don't give up your power. And you know, otherwise you're building a business that someone else wants, not the business you want. And I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. That I think we oftentimes think about outsourcing each tactic, right? Like, okay, I need to be doing more on social media. I'm just going to hire a social media manager to take care of it. Or I need to be showing up on this platform and I'm just going to hire someone to help me do it. And we don't actually think and take a step back and think about the foundation because yeah. that is more important. It's more important to know, do you know who you're talking to? Do you know why you're talking to? Do you know what your the value is that you have to offer? And if you don't know how to answer those questions and you're just paying someone to push out content for you, that goes all the way back to the quality of the leads that you have, right? Because yeah. the people coming in might not be the right people. You might be getting them, but they might not be making you feel secure. Or right. they might be the complete wrong people 
or you're just not getting people because your foundation is off. And I think you have to think about that before you even think about how am I going to grow my business in a way that feels authentic to me and brings in the right people. You need to understand first the strategy behind what you're doing and why you're doing it. And if you have passion in that at all, because if you don't have passion in it, don't, don't do it. Like you don't need to be there just because everyone else is there. hundred percent. And I, I think those are critical, small decisions you make that have huge impact on your business later. So for example, if you're working with the wrong clients because you, you just need the revenue to pay your bills and whatnot, that you're probably not going to do the best job because that client, you just didn't connect with them or, you know, whatever list of reasons it didn't work. They're also now not going to refer you to future clients. So it has this knock on impact that we don't think about in the moment. It's a small decision of like, don't love this client. I'm just going to take them on to pay the bills. But that took up space where you could have been working with someone that was a much better fit that could have fueled future referrals and also helped you grow. If if you're in the, you know, especially the beginning of your business, you should be evolving your product and your, your service to best suit your, your target audience. But if you're not honed in on who my ideal client is, and you're working with a bunch of different people, it's really hard to really crystallize your service and design it around a specific audience. So um, all of those things just kind of get you panicking and flailing instead of, you know, confidently just being a little bit patient and working with the right people to evolve your business in the right way. Um but I always say like, what's the point of being a founder? If I'm not happy, I might as well work for someone else and get some of the nice benefits you get of being an employee, um, you know, vacation time and not having to hunt for, for every dollar I make. Um, so if I'm going to be a founder, I'd better be happy and I better love who I'm working with. And I better feel healthy you know, in terms of having more balance and being able to design my work day around myself. Otherwise, what's it all worth? Because it's hard. It's not mm-hmm. easy. Yeah. I love those those memes out there where they're like, I quit my nine to five so I could work 24 seven. Right, <laughs> and it's right. so true because you do end up working way more usually at the beginning, right? Because you have to get your business off the ground and also you love it. You love what you're doing and it excites you and it doesn't quite feel like working. Um, But yeah, it's, those always make me laugh. Do you, what are, so I would love to know because I think this kind of world might be harder for women than men. Do you agree with that? Yes. I mean, I, I don't want to exclude men from the process because I've had male clients that struggle with a lot of the same things, but I do think, um, I I think creatives in general (laughs) struggle with these things, because if you're a creative, you're, you're, you know, your work is going to be judged and there can be insecurity around that, especially if you've gotten bad feedback in the past for your work. So I, th- I think it may be more of a creative thing, but I, a lot of the the challenges with business development do um, are, are themes that women face imposter syndrome of, you know, not believing they belong there or, or um, questioning if they should charge a certain rate. Um, a lot of, I mean, pretty much every client who comes to me, uh, they're undercharging. That's like one of their big problems. So, you know, I think, 
having confidence in the service you provide. There's a lot of people out there too. So it becomes noise and it's, it's hard for founders to, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to charge double what this other person's charging, but and I'm not one to just charge more for the sake of it. You have to back that up with the experience and you have to have a differentiated approach, but all the founders I work with do, and they should be charging more and they should be, you know, working with clients that can afford to pay more. Um, but there's a confidence challenge. And I do think that women struggle with that. I think women struggle more so than men with imposter syndrome, um, but yeah, I, I do think, you know, creatives in general struggle with a lot of these things because you're, you're putting something out into the world for people to judge and that's scary. And, you know, you want, you put your heart and soul often as a creative into the work you're doing and that's vulnerable. It's not like, you know, another job where you're not personally exposing your work, um, so I, I think, you know, men struggle with it too, but I think, you know, less than 1% of creative agency founders are women. So that's something I've been very driven to change the statistic around. I think for many years, it's been a male dominated industry, um, creative agencies. Um, so, you know, helping women succeed in this space, it's a very demanding industry, and it's not a job when where you know women can have multifaceted lives necessarily. I hopefully that's starting to change a bit. Um, but I'm very committed to helping women succeed in this industry because I think women's ideas belong in the world and we need to get them out there. And you know, marketing agencies, creative agencies of all kind shape the way we view the world. And I think it's important for women to be behind those businesses. Um, another statistic that stuck with me when I read it was less than 2% of female founded businesses make it to seven figures. And that's something that also was jarring to me as I was building my business. And that was a aspiration for me. And I, when I read that, I was like, wow, if I do achieve that, I'll be less than the 2% that make it there. That's crazy to me. So that's become something else that, um, drives me. And, you know, I do mostly work with women, but, but I won't exclude men because I love my male clients too. And I think it's, um, you know, it's hard for them to express their insecurities in a male dominated industry where they're expected to feel really confident in what they're doing. And so I give them a lot of grace too, for, having imposter syndrome and feeling insecure about what they're charging and, um, you know, the types of brands they're worthy of working with, but, but yeah, women definitely absolutely. struggle with those things. Yeah, absolutely. So what are a few examples of how you have helped make business development fun in people's business? Yeah. So, um, first I just try to get people in the habit of doing it regularly. I compare it to like going to the gym. You know, if you go to the gym once a month and you do four hours, it's not really going to have any like positive impact on your health overall. So in the same way with your business health, you want to just be in the habit of consistently doing business development and whatever tactic you're pursuing. If you're blog writing, do it consistently. If you're going to conferences, do it consistently. Um, 
But I like to also gamify the process because I know I do business development for myself and sometimes on behalf of clients, it can get, it's tough, especially when you want a result so bad, you've been working really hard and you're not getting it. So I've found ways of gamifying the process to make it more fun for myself. And it is better to do in small increments. I think the, those three hour sessions where you sit down and send 40 messages to people, not only are those messages not going to be great because you're sending su such a high volume, but um, you're not going to enjoy the process. So I've had little games like biz dev bingo, where there's a little bingo card and there's all different activities and you pick the five you do over the course of a month, or, um, I'll do little scavenger hunts with my clients, not going through their LinkedIn connections and finding someone who worked at a certain company or went to college with them. And it just makes the process. You, you have more of a specific mission instead of I'm going to sit here and blast as many people as I can to get back in, you know, at the top of their inbox. So just little things like that, but more important is consistency and just doing it for like 30 minutes twice a week. Like it doesn't need to be these huge power, you know, marathons of, of having a CEO day and reaching out to all these people. You're better to do it in small ways and to do it organically. You start when you're doing it frequently, you start doing it organically. You're, you're scrolling your LinkedIn feed. You see that a prospective client like got a promotion, or maybe it was someone you worked with five years ago and, and then you reach out to them and then that sparks a conversation. And so it's, it's the more you're there and you're present and you're aware that you're, you know, building and nurturing relationships, the more things will, it won't feel like I need to go out and win business. It will feel more organic. Yeah. I also, I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to do think business development has to be this big thing, <clears throat> yeah. like going out and speaking or attending a conference and talking to a billion people when really it can just be reaching out to one person to get coffee. Totally. I mean, yeah, those are the best ones, especially if it's someone you're close with. And I, I, I tell um, agency founders, like be vulnerable. You don't have to pretend like you have tons of leads coming in. If you don't talk to some of, if, you know, if you have super connectors, pe peers that are like those people that are very well connected to lots of people, let them know like, Hey, I'm looking to work with this type of client. Do you know anyone that you can introduce me to that I can have coffee with? And, you know, this is another piece of advice I was giving a client the other day. Um, she sent me a draft of an email she was going to send someone. And it was like, if you know anyone who's looking for an agency, can you connect me? And I said to her, like, it's going to be far harder for any of your connections to think of the, if they know anyone who's looking for an agency. For one, people aren't necessarily always talking about that. Like, oh, I'm in the market right now for agencies. They might if they're looking for referrals. But um, if you say, I'm looking for this type of client with this type of profile, I just, you know, even if they're not looking for someone, I'd love to have coffee, you're more likely to get an introduction that way. And it also shows you're not just there for the money, like you're there to build a relationship with someone and maybe it won't lead to an immediate project, but it could lead to something down the road. 
Um, and people are more likely to open those doors than someone who's like, do you know anyone who's hiring an agency right now? Um, also the chances of that are pretty small. Like, you know, again, that's not something people are like putting out there a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, tapping uh, the number one thing I tell people is tap into your own network. We often forget we're looking for new, 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 which is good. You want to always like build, be building your network, but you're sitting on tons of leads in your own network of people you worked with in the past who maybe didn't have budget at the time, but they're in a different financial position right now, or um, maybe it's a client you worked with in the past, had a great experience with, and they're ready for, they're updating their business and they're ready for something new. And, you know, you reaching out and showing you still care about them matters. So, um, I, I think not always looking for new horizon, but really nurturing the people that already like know and trust you is a great way to find business. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love, I think our example of how we got connected is actually even just a really good example and something yeah. that we do just like a simple task that we do for our business every week. And I have it on like my Asana board every week. Some, I don't get to it probably every week, let's be honest, because sometimes things get busy, <laughs> but the consistency of us engaging with the networks that we're involved in. So yeah. 10th house is one of the networks, which I believe is how we got connected yeah. at the beginning. And yeah. there we're in a few others too. And we've shared some of our favorite like directories and networks and things to be connected to. And it's more a, than just paying to be a part of it. It's about actually engaging and building relationships. And I love what you said about stop going out there and just asking for clients. Like asking your clients to give you referrals or asking people to give you clients instead think about it as like a relationship opportunity and if yeah. you think about it that way you one you take the pressure off there's no more pressure about needing to seal the deal and sell and do all of that yeah. you're just having a conversation and even if that person isn't the right person they're going to remember that you connected and if you can connect with them on an authentic level they might have someone else they can connect you with and it all spirals from there and I think that's so simple. Like it's such a simple thing. And even like our connection is something that's awesome because now we have, we can share networks. We can talk. You're able to come on our podcast. Like all of this is kind of an awesome way to connect. And we just did that through a message in inside 10th house. And I think that's something that we just, if you just take a small amount of time each week to engage with the network you already have, that can be so much more powerful than just going out there and cold selling. Because I don't think I've never met a single human in on the world that is like, I love doing that. I love cold calling people or cold emailing or whatever. I don't think anyone well, likes person that. on the other side. I, you know, we're all uh, victims of cold DMs and things like that on every platform. And it feels it's offensive. Sometimes I get messages from people saying they know my problem. I'm like, you don't even know me. And to assume that's, you know, like you don't, you don't know anything. So yeah, you're totally right. I think. And it, it does take the pressure off to say, I'm just meeting. Maybe this is a prospective client, but if you love what you do, you should be so excited to talk to anyone that's even fits the profile of a client and just be like, Hey, I'm here to hear their story and see where they're at. And if I can offer them some advice, great. Your expectation shouldn't be, I have to push my services. And if I don't close, I'm that's a failure. Like that shouldn't be the goal. 
often if you're doing it in an organic, authentic way, it turns into that naturally. I've had so many calls that I went into it with a networking mindset and they were like, how can I hire you? And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't expect that at all, but I'll send you some information. And those turned into clients and not no one, they didn't feel sold to. I didn't feel like I had to sell. So I, I think that's exactly right. It's just built again, it's all relationships, just build relationships for your business. And often, you know, also if they can't, if they're not someone ready to hire you, they might know someone who, oh my God, I just talked to a friend who's looking to do a rebrand. Let me introduce you to her. She might be a good fit. So, um, yeah, I, I, I always say like, take, take calls, take networking calls, even if it's someone you don't think is, you know, right for your business, you never know who that person knows, who they can connect you with. Um, you know, you want to be very open or maybe they can teach you something. Maybe they're not your ideal client, but you're their ideal client. And there's something they can teach you about your business that you didn't know. Yeah. I think it's a good lesson too. And even not in the slow, like it's easy to make the time and the slow seasons to have those networking calls, to meet for coffee and to do all of that. But it's even harder to make that time in the busy seasons because you're stressed and you, you think that you don't need those calls. You don't need those conversations. But if you completely stop during your busy seasons, having that, you're going to come to a slow season and realize it's slow for a reason. And I think exactly. that it, it's, it's so hard when you're in those busy seasons to take the time, the 30 minutes, the whatever it is just to make that connection. But yep. if you find the time to do it, it's going to help you consistently grow in the long exactly. run. Exactly. I always say do business development when you don't need it. Cause when you mm-hmm. need it, you're coming off with desperate energy. You're, you're not showing up in the same way as like, we're booked out for three months right now. And I'm just here to help this prospective client with their challenge. So you want to do it when you don't need it, despite, as you said, everything that you're like, I'm too busy. This isn't what I should be prioritizing. You should always prioritize business development. That's what keeps your lights on. You, you have to. And of course, if you skip a week here and there, like if you're doing it consistently, that doesn't matter in the same way if you work out every week and you have a week where you take off because you're sick or whatever, that's fine. It's not going to, your health won't decline, but you're better off consistently doing it. It will pay, it'll, you know, you'll reap the rewards of that. Um, rather than, you know, as I said earlier, like, oh my God, I need it right now. I'm going to do a whole day of it. And then, you know, it might amount to like one or two results, but you're probably not going to get the results you want, which will disappoint you and then make you feel not confident about your business. And it just has this like knock on effect. You want to just kind of always stay in the flow of meeting new people, building those relationships, nurturing past relationships. And then you don't have, you might have a slower season, but it shouldn't be oh my gosh, it's at a halt. Nothing's happening. Oh, absolutely. I love that advice. That is awesome. Do you have any other kind of closing tips, advice, or anything you'd like to share with everyone before we go? Um, I'm trying to think. I, I mean, the only other thing I'll say is I think people often look at revenue as an indicator of success. And you want to be looking at your business holistically. It's not just revenue. I mentioned earlier, not all revenues created equal. You could have a terrible client who's your biggest paying client, but they are having bad, terrible impact on your business. So, um, 
you don't want to just look at revenue. You want to look at the quality of leads, who's coming in. If, if they're not the right people, maybe you need to tweak your messaging, your strategy, your positioning, what case studies you're putting out there. Um, what's your close rate? Are you losing most opportunities? If so, what's going on in that sales process? What is not resonating? Are you, are you talking to the right people? Um, is there something you can simplify about your process? And then referrals, if you're getting quality referrals, then that's a great sign. If you're not, then something again, isn't quite lining up. So, um, revenue is important, obviously, but you want to look at these other factors in terms of, is my business development strategy working for me? And if those are all, if your revenue is great, but those are all bad, something's not working for you. So, um, yeah, I think looking at it holistically and just knowing that you can do business development, every single founder built their business. They started out doing business development. They probably didn't have fear around it. And, you know, you should feel empowered and confident in doing it yourself. But if you need to bring on a coach or someone who can teach you how to do it, by all means, I'm a huge supporter of that. But don't don't feel like it's something you have to give away to somebody else. It's it's totally possible to do it yourself and to run your business and to live a happy, you know, healthy life outside of your business as well. Um, and oh, yeah. yeah, I'm here that's to what, champion all those all founders. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> healthy, healthy, happy businesses. That's yeah. that's absolutely awesome. Why don't you tell everyone where they can go to find you, learn more about you, and what you have to offer? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn uh, all the time, um, Melissa Lore, and I have my business account on there too, Waverly Ave Consulting. I am also on Instagram, WaverlyAve.Consulting, and my website is WaverlyAve.com. Always up for a chat with anyone, so reach out. Don't be shy. Um, and thank you so much, Abby, for having me. Absolutely. Thanks so much. If you like this episode, please be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes dropping every Monday. Plus, if you haven't already, please go ahead and leave us a review and don't hesitate to share any new episode ideas. We absolutely love hearing from you and creating this content for you. See you next week.